0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Caspar. In this tense and immersive tour de force, audience are taken directly into the line of fire between... Powerful opposing Peruvian leaders, who will stop at nothing to achieve their respective goals. On one side is President Alan Garcia, who is eager to enter the world stage. He begins an aggressively extracting oil, minerals, and gas from untouched indigenous Amazonian land. He is quickly met by a fierce op- by the fierce opposition from indigenous leader Alberto Penzango, whose impassioned speeches against Garcia's destructive actions prove a powerful rallying cry to throngs of his supporters. And this is the premise, the opening, the uh, our introduction into this wonderful new documentary, it's called When Two Worlds Collide, and it is opening to today here at the Lemley-Monica Film Center in Los Angeles, and we're joined today by one of the co-directors of the film, that would be Heidi Brandenburg, the other director, co-director is Matthew Orzel. Heidi, welcome to Film School.
1: Hi. Thank you
0: very much for having us. Yes, for having me today. <laughs> okay. Well, well, welcome. Uh, it's a, it's an honor to have you here. This is a. Uh, I, I'm trying. I was trying to think of the words to sort of uh, the impressions I have of the film. Are it's, it's first of all it's very powerful, but it's also the immediacy of the film has a lot to do with the footage. Certainly, you, there's some amazing footage in here of these clashes between these two opposing political. Uh, forced on regarding this, these issues, but also um, the uh, the words, the, the the passion of it really draws someone in. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got to know about the situation in Peru and the decision to move forward and make it into a documentary.
1: Yes, sure. Um, so we, everything really started after graduating college. Um, me, Matthew, who's the co-director and our producer Tara Akbar, we were, we were good friends at college, wanted to make a movie. And since I was half Peruvian and I was raised in Peru and had already done a previous short film, and we decided that this would be the place to go back to. And, um, so off we went to this adventure that we actually thought oh it's going to be a short movie we're going to be there for a couple months and it I I guess you know you think after college you you are able to do anything in a couple months (laughs) and and you know what it turned out to be eight years and we really didn't anticipate that that. and um, so how we found the story was after months of researching, we came across this article in the in the major newspaper in which it was questioning the free trade agreement between the United States and Peru that was just about to be signed. And the issue was that there were already such ex- existing tensions in the Peruvian rainforest, in, in indigenous communities, because there were constant old spills and the water was contaminated the people had no clean water to drink the there were no any 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 more animals to hunt and so they had no food and they frankly had enough of, of extractive industries and because it was taking their life away and their environment and um the question was, what's going to happen after this free trade agreement is going to be signed? Like, how is this going to further affect Indigenous communities in Peru when it's already so bad? And oil and gas concessions had already risen in the Amazon from 13% to staggering 78% in the Amazon rainforest. Wow. Yeah, it, it was it was really very surprising and what was very striking was a map below this article in which you could see the entire Amazon covered almost the entire Amazon covered in these oil and gas concessions and it just looked like a piece of cake you know like that you would just give away to like be eaten and it just didn't feel right when we saw this and and that 's really what pulled us in. we wanted to understand more about what development really meant for the indigenous people in peru and um, yeah, and that's how it all got started
0: so so in addition to sort of you know doing your research, looking into this, uh, reading the article from the newspaper that you saw, what was your first clue in terms of the on the ground the people, whether it be from the the perspective of the Peruvian government under uh, President Alan Garcia, or under the leadership, uh, the indigenous leadership of Alberto Penzongo, where was there a moment or moments when you started to get into the on the ground, on the street sort of perspective of the things that you realized there is uh, there's a tremendous uh, upheaval about to occur here, or it, or what was it? Was there something along those lines? Yes. Yes,
1: that's a very good question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we just arrived in Lima I mean, we were there for a couple months, we could see, like, new cars coming out. Everybody, you know, like, everybody seemed to be happy. There were new jobs around. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful for the country, and it was very important that every developing country has the right to progress, you know, has the right to development um, growth, um, I mean, to economic growth. But it was just, the question is, like, how they were doing it. Mm. And um, we wanted to find out the other side of, well, if this is all wonderful, but how is this really affecting the indigenous people in the rainforest? Because nobody saw that part. You know, you only saw what was happening in the cities, but you really didn't see what was happening in the middle of nowhere, which, you know, the rainforest is very far away. Mm. And, um, yes, and that was really... um
0: what started our curios- curiosity really did, did you okay i want to back up just to, just to about a half a step here and explain yeah. to people who under who may have some we're americans so we we don't understand the world beyond our our part of the world so we don't know much i mean i think yeah. i don't think that's a fair sa- statement i'm not being mean or or, <laughs> or condescending i think we just don't and so let's talk about sort of where Peru is located in terms of South America and also uh, the the makeup of of the country i, I there and i don 't think people understand this throughout Central America and South America. there is sort of a indigenous population in in these countries as well as kind of an, a European um, ancestral part of the population and there's a lot of Upstairs, downstairs. There's a lot of divisions within all of these countries. So let's let's focus on on Peru just a little bit, so we have an understanding of the, those dynamics that are in place in Peru.
1: Sure. So Peru Peru is below Ecuador, and it's one of the nine countries that share the Amazon rainforest. Mm. It is the it has the second biggest rainforest after Brazil, mm. and. Um, eighty percent of Peruvian territory is rainforest. Mm. Um so when you were to look at the map, um Peru is um next to the Atlantic and so you would see a strip from north to south and that's basically um just you know land. But if you look on the right hand side it's all rainforest. and mm-hmm. all almost everything is covered in rainforest. So it's a it's a huge amount.
0: Okay. And am I, was I correct in characterizing the sort of the, the social tensions that are this, the, the there's class divide? Is there a class divide in Peru that I was alluding to? Um,
1: it... Yes. Um, it's in As in many parts of the world, there is a huge class division, especially when it comes to indigenous cultures. And one of the things that was, um, that made that very evident and is when Garcia said, you know, these are people second class citizens, they can tell us how to move forward. And he was calling them that they want to keep those riches to themselves mm. and not sharing with the rest of Peru. Mm. And it just showed this sort of mentality that it just wasn't it just wasn't the right thing to say when you have such a delicate situation in front of you.
0: Right. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Heidi Brandenburg. Uh, she is the co-director, along with Matthew Orzell, of the new film When Two Worlds Collide. It's a documentary that's opening up today here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Monica Film Center, uh, and Heidi will be in town for a Q&A. I believe you said the 740 screening of the film at the uh, Lemley Monica Film Center. Uh, yes. Tonight. And, um, yeah, so I okay, just wanted to sort of frame that for people so they understand this. And this idea, and the idea among the indigenous people in the film. And who was there a, is there, do they have a, a tribal name? that Or is it just sort of indigenous people of that region? Is there a?
1: Um, well, there are many different okay. tribes. Mm-hmm. Um there is the a Shawi tribe, there is the a Guajun tribe, so there are many different tribes but we do say just indigenous and, and per- in in Peruvian language we say um Los Nativos,
0: okay. los indígenas nativos. Okay. And and one of the worlds one of the sorry, one of the reasons why this film is called When Two Worlds Collide, the indigenous people, the native people, uh have such a different worldview they don't believe in land ownership they don't This is a concept that is so basic to Western thought that you buy a piece of property it's yours, and therefore you can do what you want with it more or less in their world view that's not that's not at all the case. Explain just a little bit about their perspective on things.
1: Well, first off, indigenous people believe not on individual land ownership. They believe in communal land ownership, which means that a community shares the land. So they share their resources, they share the, the rivers, they share the forest. Um, and it's a different sort of mindset, and I think um, for the rainforest, I think it's the perfect mindset, to be honest, because if you were to give out individual land ownership, these people could sell off their land very easily because it's just one person to say yes. And I think that's mostly what their concern is, that they don't want individual land ownership because that's exactly the danger that this can happen, and this is how private companies can come in and buy off these individual
0: um, land.
1: Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: of course it does. And I think in terms of... The, the difference be, be, between buying you know a track home in um, Los Angeles as opposed to buying a piece of property in rainforest is the rainforest is more it's in some sense and it, correct me if you think this is an incorrect way to say it but it's a it's kind of a public utility it, it, it's something that the entire country draws resources from draws all, all kinds of benefit from. And so we would no more sell off a chunk of Southern California Edison or 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 a, or a, a water supply than than they should sell off part or they should be parsing out parts of the rainforest. Is that would you would you look at it that way?
1: Yes, I mean absolutely. Um, you know, indigenous people think of the earth as sacred. Because it's what gives them life. Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, they don't have any supermarkets in the rainforest. They just have their animals, and they have the fish, and they have their little agriculture that they grow, um, bananas or a yucca plant. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're really, what their diet is. It's very, very simple. And if that is taken away from you, mm-hmm. then their worry is like, how are we going to feed our children? Like, how are we going to survive if we don't have these animals, if we don't have these clean waters, and if we don't have the fish anymore that we need to eat? And so it's a, it's, it's very different than the way of thinking in the city because we have plenty of supermarkets to go to. You know, we can buy food anytime, whenever we want it you know it's never an issue but for them it is really an issue because if they don't
0: have the right to those lands
1: how are they going to survive yeah,
0: yeah. it's a very different relationship to the to the land we have the the luxury if you will to drive to a market buy what we want we can live in different places that are not connected to any sort of ancestral um, history that we might have; these people have, for thousands of years, been in an environment that they have a very symbiotic relationship to. They, there's there's a dependency there that we we in the more uh, industrialized countries of the world do not.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I think maybe one of the things that may, might make it easier for people to understand who don't know who don't understand indigenous culture is like, let's imagine you have no supermarkets and you do live in the city and you have a garden and that's the food where you grow, you know, that's what you depend on. And imagine there is a factory that needs to be built right on your garden. How are you going to feed your children? And that's when you become furious and upset and you start fighting for your rights because, Obviously, they're being disrespected, and life is being disrespected, and I think that makes it makes it much, maybe easier to understand of what these people are really going through.
0: Right. Well, let's get back to the story. I don't want to give too much away. I want people to see <laughs> to see what sure. world, the two worlds collide. But essentially, uh, Peruvian President Alan Garcia is uh, moving forward with this free trade agreement. Uh, is what. Began the process by which there was uh, industrialization a uh, of the of the rainforest of so the area where these indigenous people were and are and from there became this political parliamentary situation where there was and it, the film opens with this essentially this idea of you can go ahead tell me the opening line of the of the of the uh, the film um, and explain a little bit how it relates to the story.
1: Well the opening line was about that you know the land in which indigenous people live needs to be respected and what Garcia did is that he didn't at all care about what needed to be respected right. what, He
0: complete there was a complete, I'm sorry there was a law that that prohibited the development in some ways or at least inhibited it right
1: well, there was the law by, that was um, brought out by the UN that indigenous people need to be consulted mm-hmm. before, um, you know, any projects would go uh, through in the rainforest. Mm-hmm. And that's something that obviously Garcia didn't care to do because it was just another obstacle um, that he had to bring forward for companies. And frankly, it, it he didn't want to... to to do that. And he believed more in like, well, why should we consult them if the rainforest belongs to everybody? It belongs belongs to the people of Lima and it belongs to the rest of Peru. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't have to consult them. And I think that was what his mindset was because ultimately what he You know, his vision was to use those natural resources for the benefit of the country, but ignoring land rights and indigenous rights. In some respects, sure, a country has the right to develop, and, yeah, he might have a valid point that the rainforest does belong to all Peruvians. But the question is, well... If you want to have the right to the rainforest well are you going to be there and defend it are you going to be there and tell companies or you know pommel companies to say like no you know hold on a minute this is this is sacred land we have medicine plant here um are you going to go and say that no they're not because they barely travel there it's very far it's sometimes scary for some people to go to you know it's they're animals wild animals It, you know it's not a simple place to go just by yourself. And I think that's a question that people should ask themselves.
0: Right. Well, and also at the end of the day, uh, the science behind the importance of our rainforest is been established beyond doubt. And essentially our rainforest uh, all over the world, but certainly South America, Brazil, and, and Peru, are what they call the lungs of the planet. They are the things that al- allow the planet to thrive, to sustain life. So it's a little more than just you know going in and cutting down some trees for an industrial uh, project. It is. It is in fact, and an exceedingly important in terms of the in the world's environment. So in addition to all of the issues surrounding the indigenous um, people who are. On those lands, there is also, in my opinion, a much bigger and Absolutely. worldwide implications to what's going on, and it conti- and So, without giving a whole lot of way away, uh, away um, in the last minute or so that we have together, um, the fight continues.
1: Yes, the light, uh, the fight continues, and you know, unless we do something about it to help stop deforestation, it is always going to continue. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's it's a very, um, it's really a reality of what's happening right now. And um, it was one of the things that started um, us to wanting to make this movie because um, everybody's talking about climate change and the importance about rainforest and mitigating
0: those impacts. But yet, what are we doing to save yeah, yeah. I, it's again. I'm going to say it. It's a it's a really terrific documentary. I'm going to say again. When we when two worlds collide, uh, the co-directors are Heidi Brandenburg and Matthew Orzel. It's a powerful film, thought provoking. All of these things. It is well worth your time to go see this again. Uh, it is at the Lemley Monica Film Center in Los Angeles. Uh, Heidi Brandenburg, co-director, will be there tonight. Uh, September 16th, for a Q&A for the 740 screening. See this film. It's important, and it's important for a lot of reasons, and it's a very good documentary. And one last thing, when two worlds collide, movie.com. As I said, you can find out more about the screenings, about the updates on, on the situation, as well as how you can take action when it comes to what's going on in Peru and in the Amazon rainforest. Heidi, thank you.